I just want to proudly say that today I'm going to be talking about Jesus. Jesus, yeah. <laughs> and um, there's a word that I want to say today, and it's going to be a very powerful word. I'm very confident of that, right? And depending on how hungry you are, depending on how hungry you are, God's going to touch you today. God's going to touch you today. So be expectant, right? And um, I don't expect you to fall asleep because sometimes I get loud and in, <laughs> and in your face, all right? Uh, as I was preparing this message, actually, um, I felt it was actually a more heavy message, actually a more, more serious message. I might crack a joke here. I don't know. We'll see. But when I was preparing for this message a, a couple of days ago, I was, I was preparing, and you'll see why later, but I just started. I don't, I'm not a crying guy, but just in my living room by myself, I just started weeping. I just started bawling, right, when I was preparing this message because I know that this message is not just through me, you know, but to me also. So I'm just delivering a word to all of us from the Lord, right? And um, we're going to look at a passage in the book of Ephesians, all right? Let's go to the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, verse 16 to 21. Ephesians, chapter 1, verse 16 to 21. All right. Okay, before we read this, uh, let me give you a little bit of background, okay? Uh, okay, all right, all right. <laughs> What's happening is there's this dude named Apostle Paul. Paul, everyone knows Paul, right? Right. He's writing a letter and he's in prison right now. He's in prison right now and he's writing a letter to the church called Ephesus. That's what's going on. And this church, Ephesus, this church is actually on fire. All right. This church is a really healthy church. This church is a church that really has it going on, right? They're very active in the community. Everyone knows what's going on at the church of Ephesus. Very healthy church. That's what's going on. And Paul writes this letter, all right? And um, he prays for what we're going to read right now. Paul prays for this church. He prays for this church. And I'm going to tell you right now that this prayer will be one of the most important prayers that you and I remember and pray. Right, so, so let's pay attention to this, all right? I'm going to read it, verse 16. Follow with me. Paul says, I do not cease to give thanks to you, remembering you in my prayers. Key verse, verse 17. And I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you what? The spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened. The eyes of your hearts open. That you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What, is, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power. Toward us who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places. Verse 21. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. Amen. I don't know if you noticed, but when I prayed before we started, I prayed this prayer over all of us. Right? Verse 17. I'm going to say it again. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you, give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of who he is. And that he would enlighten your heart. Enlighten your heart. Open up your heart to be able to understand. Right? This is what's going on. And today... This message, I'm going to talk about, everyone say, hashtag, <laughs> revelation. revelation. Hashtag revelation. 
Revelation. All right. Revelation, it says right here that Paul, he wants to pray over you the spirit of revelation. All right. It's such a spiritual word, right? It's such a big word, right? It's one of those words where if you say in your prayer, if you say this word in your prayer, you feel more spiritual, you know? <laughs> you feel more like advanced, right? But <laughs> I'm going to break this down for you, this word. In the Greek, this word, it sounds even better. It's, ready? It's apocalypsis. Apocalypsis. Hashtag apocalypsis. The first time I was here, I have like, what's going on? Hashtag. Rona preached last week, and she, she did something where if she says hashtag, and everyone has to repeat or something like that. Yeah, apocalypsis. Apocalypsis, all right? And revelation, another, another synonym, another word for this, when I tell you that you'll understand, it's this. It's, revelation means uncovering, unveiling, unveiling, uncovering. It's like you're wearing a hat. You take it off. It's uncovering. <laughs> you get it, right? Right? What is it uncovering? Right? What is the Spirit of God uncovering? What's under the covering? It's truth. It's truth. All right? Okay. I'm going to tell you there's two kinds of revelation. Two kinds of revelation. All right? I'm in seminary with a lot of Koreans. That's how they say it. All right? <laughs> Two kinds of revelation. The first is called salvific revelation. Everybody say salvific. salvific. And the second one is called progressive revelation. Everyone say progressive. progressive. Salvific. salvific. Progressive. progressive. That's good. I hope I don't make you feel like you're in class. All right. All right. And I'm going to break this down for you. Salvific revelation is this. It's when you become a Christian. It's when you become a believer, you convert. You become a born-again believer. Yeah? It's that, that thing inside your heart when you chose to become a believer that says, Yes, I believe. Yes, it's true. It's true. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is King. I believe this with all my heart. This is salvific revelation. And I had this when I was 15 years old. Long story short, I was actually in jail when I was 15 for a lot of drugs and gang activity. I don't have time to go into all that. Maybe one day I will. But in jail, actually, God encountered me. And the spirit of revelation released in my heart. And things that I, were doubt, I was doubting, when I got out of jail, I walked out a new being. I walked out a believer. I walked out because the spirit of revelation touched my heart. And I was like, I believe in this Jesus. This Jesus is real. And no one, no one can take that away from me. That's the power of salvific revelation. But here's the thing. But here's the thing. Oh, man, I just got a picture of, oh, this is embarrassing. I got a picture. When I was, uh, when I encountered this salvific revelation, I remember, I remember inside the jail cell, I was, I was, I started crying. I started crying. I started weeping. And like the conviction in my heart was so strong that I was weeping. Every fluid in my body was coming out of my face, right? <laughs> you know, you know, you know when you cry and the snot comes out, right? And then, and then you're, I'm on the floor and you lift up your face and then it leaves that line, that line, right? You know what I'm talking about, right? But for me at that time, there was so much, it was not a line, it was a sheet. It was like a, from here, to, I was crying so much, right? I'm telling you, God was, God was touching me really hard. God was touching me. Anyways, I just had to share that, all right? But guess what? Salvi uh, salvific revelation, guess, it's not once. What I'm saying is this. You're saved once. Once you're saved, it's once and for all. You're saved. But what I'm saying is, for the rest of eternity, we need salvific revelation. What I mean by that is this. We need revelation in our hearts of that memory of when we were saved, of how sensitive, how precious that time was. Because I guarantee right now, for some of us here, when you think about that moment you were saved, it doesn't move you. 
right? It doesn't really move you. But it's in that deep time with the Lord when you pray and when you're asking for the spirit of wisdom and revelation to just come and touch your hearts. That's when it happens. That's when it happens. (laughs) I have that problem. Sometimes I'm serious, but then I just switch to like, you guys with me, right? Y'all with me, right? And in the Bible, salvific revelation, the perfect example is the person that's praying this prayer. His name was Saul. He killed Christians. He hated Christians. He got them murdered. This is the kind of God. And he's walking on Damascus Road, and then the Spirit of God, God encounters Saul, and then he has that salvific revelation in his heart. And then boom. He begins to minister. He transforms. There's another guy in the Bible. There's an Ethiopian eunuch. And then God sends his disciple Philip to go to this Ethiopian eunuch. And this Ethiopian eunuch, he's reading the book of Isaiah. But he has no idea what he's talking about. No idea what he's talking about. How many of you guys felt like that? You're reading the Bible. You have no idea what it's talking about. I'm in seminary, and I still feel like that. So no pressure. All right? He's reading this, and then Philip goes to him. Philip goes to him, and he explains it to him. But it's not just Philip that gives him understanding, the eunuch. It's the spirit of revelation. And then it just, there's an explosion in his heart. And his life changes forever. This is salvific revelation. Amen? It's powerful. The second kind of revelation was what? Progressive revelation. Progressive, you guys know what progress means, right? It means developing. It means the intimate knowing of God. It's progressive, why? Tell me someone that you know that fully knows God. There's no one. There's no one. But here's the amazing thing about Christianity as a believer is for the rest of eternity, here on earth and even in eternity, there's never a moment where anybody can fully know God. That's why eternal life is so glorious. Why? Because in eternal life, there ain't no sin holding us back. We're getting revelation after revelation after revelation and we're just in awe every time we look at God. That's why the angels and the elders in heaven, they're singing, holy, holy, holy. That's all they can say. That's all they can say. So progressive, intimate knowing of God. You're saved, but there's a whole lot of God to know. There's a whole lot of God to know. You know, God, there's a song that says, God is an endless ocean and a bottomless sea. That's so beautiful, right? Anybody here, right? Poems and songs and no. All right. But I guess this quote doesn't really matter then, right? God is an endless ocean, a bottomless sea. Right? And there's so much to know of God. It's it's that's why relationship with God is so beautiful. You know, God, when he sent his son Jesus to die. He died so that you can be, we can be in relationship with this infinite God. And that for the rest of eternity, we get to know him more and more and more. Yeah. Never ending. For me, I'm a foodie. Who likes food? Now y'all raise your hand, right? (laughs) Who likes writing? Nobody raises their hand. Who likes food? Everybody raise their hand. For food, there's a time when things are so good. Things are so good. And then I'm eating it, and it's just so good. So good. And then I'm getting more sad and more sad as I keep going. Because why? It's going to run out. And then that last bite, I'm not full. I'm just like, I don't even want to eat this. Because it's just a sad ending. Right? It's just sad ending. But it's like, you know, knowing God, knowing God is like this. When you know God more, it satisfies your spirit, satisfies your heart, but you never get full. In fact, you get more hungry. 
You get more hungry. And then the capacity in your heart to know God increases more and more and more. This is the thrill and the joy of knowing God. And guess what? You and I, we cannot know God without God. You and I, we cannot know God without the Spirit of God, the Spirit of wisdom and revelation. This is why Paul, he's praying for this church. You gotta pray this, you gotta ask for this. This is so necessary. To the church of what? Ephesus. Later on in the book of Revelations, it talks about the church of Ephesus. It lists all these things that, like, they're an amazing church. Amazing church. But they say this, but Ephesus, there's one thing you made a mistake of. You have lost your first love. You have lost your first love. You have lost your first love. This is why I believe that Paul is telling specifically this church this prayer. Why? Because maybe salvific revelation was so powerful for this church. And they were on fire. And it caused a momentum for them to do what they're doing right. But they lost their first love. Because maybe they weren't pursuing and asking God for the spirit of wisdom and revelation to know God more. And I tell you right now, you can have an encounter with God. You can have a radical transformation. But that's just the beginning. There's so much more. So much more. So we start to pray, God, God, enlighten, enlighten the eyes of my heart. Open the eyes of my heart so that I may know you, so that I may love you, so that I may obey you better. The spirit of revelation in, in, in our lives is like this. It's like the aha moment. It's like aha moment. I grew up going to church. I knew all the Bible stories. The, the, the story of the prodigal son. The son that rebels against the father, you know, sells everything, and then, and then he just screws up, and he comes back home, and then he's received love and forgiveness. I knew that in my mind. I knew that. I knew that story. But in prison, God showed me that story. And that story be, be, it came to life. It came to life. That's, you know who that is? That's the spirit of revelation. Revealing it in my heart. Revealing it in my heart. And guess what? When you ask God, do you know how excited God is when you ask that prayer? Do you know how excited God is when he asks you that prayer? When you ask him that prayer? He's so committed to you. Turn to your neighbor and say, God is so committed to you. Salvific and progressive revelation. Y'all learned something. All right. Revelation, we said it was an uncovering, right? Uncovering. That means, that means this. You cannot get a revelation of something that does not already exist. Let me explain this. Uncovering, unveiling, it, it, that means it assumes that there's something under there. Truth under there. And I want to tell you a verse that really blew my mind when I heard this verse. You don't have to go there. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11, it says this, that God has put eternity in man's heart. God has put eternity in your heart when he made you. Let me explain. Let me explain. What we got to understand is you and I are spiritual beings. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are a spiritual being. being. Many people think I'm a human being with a spirit. But the reality, the greater reality is this. I am a spiritual being with a body. You guys get the difference, right? This thing is a glove. This flesh is a glove. I am a spiritual being with a body. Why am I sharing this? You know when God made you, 
in your spirit, deep in your heart. Your spirit is connected to your heart. Deep in your spirit, God has put truth there. Deep in your spirit, God has put truth there. But sin has covered it. Sin has covered it. That's why people that do not believe, right? The enemy, Satan, likes to do whatever it takes to cover those truths. Because their original design, it says here, God has put eternity in their hearts. You guys, you guys got it, right? You guys with me? It's hot. My ears are red. <laughs> so I'm going to read this. I'm going to read this quote. We have to draw these revelations. We have to draw these truths out of our hearts and get them into our minds. You see, Paul was praying for a release into the physical of what was already present in the spiritual. Already present in your spirits. When this happens, there's so much, do you know there's so much truth in your heart right now? It's, it's just so hidden, you know? There's so much there. But it takes the spirit of wisdom and revelation to unveil that. To, to uncover also that, so that what? Then we get understanding. This is what we call the transforming, the renewing of our minds. The renewing of our minds. It's like, I imagine like a soil. And then deep in there, there's like a seed. There's a seed. And then you need the sun and... Other stuff to get that seed to open and, and, and sprout out something. Right? It's like there's seeds of truth. There's seeds of truth in us. But it takes a spirit of wisdom and revelation to just sprout that out. Sprout that out. You guys see that picture? You guys see that picture, right? He has put eternity in our hearts. You are a spiritual being with a body. That's good news. Because I don't want to stay in this thing forever. <laughs> I want a new glove, right? <laughs> yeah. But in the prayer, look at Paul says, it's the spirit of wisdom. It's the Holy Spirit. The spirit of wisdom and revelation, it's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. And something we need to make clear is this. This is going to blow your mind. Ready? There's a difference. I'm going to tell you the difference between fact and truth. Everyone say fact. fact. Truth. truth. They're different. Let me explain. You and I, we are filled with so many facts. So much. We know so much information, right? We know so much information. Christian information, worldly information, so many facts in our minds right here. <laughs> but check it out. I can go on Wikipedia and I can study about Michael Jordan. You guys know Michael Jordan, basketball player? I can study about him and know every single statistic. I can even research when his birthday is and when, where he was born. Those are all facts. But it does not mean I know what hurts, hurts his heart. It does not mean I know Michael Jordan as my friend, right? But we need truth. Truth to release in our hearts. We're so filled with facts in our minds. But facts in our minds do not transform us. It is truth in our hearts, that transforms us. And guess who releases that truth? It's the Holy Spirit in your heart. It's the Holy Spirit in your heart. Is that good? Amen? This will lead to a transformed life. Facts alone cannot bring permanent changes to our lives. When we just rely on facts, you know what we're doing? We're saying, God, I don't need you. I could do it by myself. 
But when we depend on the Holy Spirit, Spirit of wisdom and revelation, I need you. I cannot do anything without you. It's a sign of dependency on God. Truth sets people free, not facts. Truth sets people free. Facts are not bad. You get facts in the Holy Spirit. You know what he loves to do? He likes to get facts in our minds and through the spirit of wisdom and revelation, transform these into truths. The Pharisees, the Pharisees in the Bible, they had so many facts. So many facts. They knew the law inside and out. And they followed it inside and out. But there was no heart transformation. No heart transformation. They never asked for the spirit of wisdom and revelation. It's when it's that feeling in our hearts when 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 truth is presented, you know, when truth is presenting, there's a burning in our hearts, that agreement of yes, yes, that's right. There's a burning in our hearts. There's a burning in our hearts. So it takes God to know God. One of my favorite quotes. It takes God to know God. I didn't make that up. It's by a guy named Mike Bigel. Right? But it's so good. It takes God to know God. That's why God's committed to you. Because he wants you to know him. Right? Now, I realize in the church, that word gets tossed around so much. Revelation. Oh, dang, that was a crucial revelation. That was a good revelation. Oh, man, like I got, I got this revelation the other day, that this revelation, that revelation. That I hear it so much these days. And that word, revelation, it gets tossed around like it's nothing these days. Are you ready for this? We need the Spirit of God to take us deeper into things that we already know. Oof. Oof. <laughs> Oof. You know, revelation, people think it's, it's new things, new information, new facts. That's not revelation. Revelation of what the Holy Spirit loves to do is what, he love, what, what we know in our minds already. What we already know. And for us to go deeper. We don't need a wider collection of facts. We just need to know the essential few and go so deep in them. That's revelation. It's like fishing. You know, when you, who likes fishing here? Okay. <laughs> I love fishing. I used to go with my dad all the time. We would go fish. I would, I would throw that thing with a bait. <laughs> and we'd go into the water and we wait. And then it snags. It snags. It's going. It's going, right? I'm like, oh, I caught a fish. And, then, and, I, and you know, I caught a fish. And it's right there. And I see it in the water in the hook. And I get so excited. I'm like, I caught a fish. Dad, I caught a fish. But many times, I don't put, I don't, there's a way you have to bring it in, reel it in. I don't do it right because I'm not that good. And then it gets away, actually. Oh. You guys are so nice. You guys. But revelation is like that. Just because you catch something, some good information that tickles your mind a little bit, it doesn't mean you, it turns, it's revelation. Let me tell you something. If if these if these if tr- if these if, if information has not transformed your life, I would not call that revelation. I would just call them facts. You gotta bring it in. Slice it up and eat sashimi. I don't know, you know. Oh, sashimi. You know, revelation is not entertainment. Revelation is not entertainment. We cannot mistake nice, fancy quotes that just tickle our minds momentarily. And ultimately, if they just end, if they just end in a journal entry or even just a Facebook status, don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. And I say this 
Because I did that all the time. <laughs> I did that all the time. You know what I used to do? Let me confess something. I would be so wanting to entertain my mind so much that I would go on the internet and you know what I type in Google? It's like, amazing Christian quotes. And I find the best one that sounds the most cool. And then I put it on a Facebook status. See how many likes I can get. That was me before. I was mistaken for what Revelation was. I wanted people to see me. Oh, that's a man who walks in Revelation. But obviously I didn't. I just had a bunch of facts. Are we fat with facts? Or are we fit with Revelation? Are we fat? Are Are we filled? How thick is your journal entry? How much of it have you not lived out? How much facts are we fat with? There's conviction. We need revelation. Revelation transforms lives, period. There's a guy named... I'm going to use one. Tell your neighbor something nice. Right. There's a guy named <coughs> There's a guy named Jonathan Edwards. Jonathan Edwards is an old school revivalist. He's dead now. Right? He's an old school revivalist. Old school preacher, Jonathan Edwards. I read this book about him one time, and it just I was just so amazed. This is what he did. There would be times where he would go to like a service like this. And all he would do is open his Bible and he would read his Bible and then revival would break out. All he would would do is read scripture and the people would be weeping. Mass salvations. People would be repenting of their sins. And I'm just like, what? You know why? Because it's the spirit of wisdom and revelation that release these things. Even right now, even right now, we really got to check ourselves. Even right now. I'm not saying facts are bad, but what you do with them after you leave, you're writing all this stuff down, but are you going to pray through them and let these not go to waste? Even right now. You know, you know how I said that we need, we just need to go deeper into the things that we already know. We just, we don't need much new information. I think the greatest thing, the greatest thing that we just need to go deep in of what we already know is the gospel message. Everybody say gospel. Man. Every day, we need a fresh revelation of the gospel. The gospel is not like chips that become stale. The gospel cannot become stale. Every time we hear the gospel, it should wreck us every time. Every time we hear just the sweet gospel message that we've heard over and over again, it should it should make it should move our hearts so much. It should. But it's facts sometimes. It's facts sometimes. We need revelation, guys. We need revelation also of who we are and whose we are. We need revelation of who we are and whose we are. We need revelation of where we are now and where we were before God rescued us. We need revelation of our new identity in Christ in light of our old identity without Christ. 
It's a dual revelation. We need revelation of who we are right now, the redeemed ones. We need that deep revelation. But we also need the revelation of who we were before. Because the good news isn't that good in light of we need to know the bad news. You guys know what I'm saying, right? We need revelation of heaven in light of the revelation of hell. Yeah. Um, the spirit of revelation, Holy Spirit, what He loves to do, it's like our hearts are just, imagine just a frozen piece of meat, a frozen, iced up. And, and you need to put it next to heat. But it doesn't thaw like right away, right? You got to remain in His presence. You got to remain in Him. In your private lives, where you walk, you got to remain in Him. And then the Holy Spirit begins to tenderize your heart, make your heart so soft. And then He begins unveiling things, unveiling things. Not just new information, right? One time, before I came to Korea two and a half years ago, I was living a year and a half in a country called the Gambia in West Africa. I was living there for a year and a half, doing ministry there. And I want to share this memory, <clears throat> something that I experienced, that um, ever so often we did village outreach. We went deep into the bush, and we would go to an unreached people group. We would go to a village with no electricity. We would take with us a generator. And you put in gas for electricity, we a portable generator. We would bring a projector with us, with a white sheet blanket, and we would show a movie to the village. We would show, it's called the Jesus film. How many of you guys know the Jesus film? Right? The Jesus film is like the Passion of the Christ, but um, version one. <laughs> All right? <clears throat> the Jesus film. And then we'd be showing this. I've seen this so many times. I've seen this. I've seen the Jesus film so many times. And I'm sitting there, I'm just sitting there like this, and just, I'm just like, it's so long, it's like two and a half hours. And then I'm seeing the, peop the, the Gambian brothers and sisters there, they're watching this. Oh, man. And there's a time when, um, when Jesus is starting to get beat, Jesus is starting to get crucified. And then these Gambians, you know, they start getting up. They start getting angry. And they're saying, stop. 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 They've never seen this before. They've never seen movies, you know. But they're just like, there's something in their hearts that God has put there. Saying, this is not right. Stop. Stop hurting him. Stop hurting him. And at that moment, I got so, so convicted. I'm like, man, the gospel is not moving me. Like it's moving these people. And I just broke down. Because I was like, what happened? What happened? You know, when the gospel becomes numb and boring to us, that's when we need revival. We need personal revival. And it's the Holy Spirit that will bring that revival in our hearts. When the gospel becomes stale to us, just a factual story. You know, without constant revelation of the gospel, you know what happens? Our perspective on God starts to change. And our perspective on life begins to change. And our perspective on life's difficult circumstances begin to change. We begin to become prideful. We, be we begin to become entitled. Because we're lacking revelation of the gospel. We begin to be mad at God for not answering certain, certain prayers. Because we forgot that, that God doesn't owe us anything. We owe Him everything. 
And that without the spirit of revelation, without the revelation of the gospel, you know what becomes really hard? Forgiveness becomes really hard. Forgiving. Forgiving the father that beat us. Forgiving the parents that abused us. Forgiving the brother and sister that hurt us. Forgiving the ex-boyfriend as ex-girlfriend. We know it in our minds. We're supposed to forgive them. But without the spirit of revelation, you know what we do? We don't love them. We just tolerate them. We just tolerate them. Oh, this is the Christian thing to do. I know that in my mind. But fully, deeply, you can't do it without the revelation of the gospel. Why? Because that was the ultimate sign of forgiveness. And it must be the Holy Spirit that releases that truth in your heart. Unveil that thing in your heart. Unveil that truth in your heart. Man. I want to show you a video right now. It's going to be like 10 minutes. It's a 30-minute video, but I'm going to show the last 10 minutes of it. I want you to pay attention. It's an older video. It's an old video. And let me give you the background because we can't show the whole thing because of time. Um, there's a guy named Mark Zook and his wife. Mark Zook. All right. He, he goes on a mission trip, long-term mission trip to West Papua. <laughs> he went there. He went there. <clears throat> he goes there to Papua New Guinea. Papua New Guinea, okay? And there's a people group that he goes to. He stays there for about a little more than a year, a year. And the people group is called the Zook people, the Zook. Everyone say Zook. And these people, all right, they're going to preach the gospel. So the first couple months, they just learn the culture. They eat the food and they eat. Uh, they learn the language and everything. Right? And from there, um, something happens. And this is an older film. This is an older film, but uh, try not to like be distracted by the oldness. All right, but really, really see the hand of God move. This is where I started weeping in my in my in my. In my living room. So uh, let's watch this for like 10 minutes. Yeah. Whew. Yeah. Um, a little old school, but um, I don't remember the last time I uh, responded like that to the gospel. Um You know, when I saw uh, when I saw this for the first time, they're just their response to salvation. I'm just like, am I missing something? You know. And uh, <clears throat> you know, when the spirit of wisdom and revelation, when the Holy Spirit touches your heart, there's transformation. The response is extravagant. The response is powerful. And I know that when I went to church my whole life and I walked away from the Lord and started doing drugs and everything and all that, it's because I was so filled with facts. And I, I wasn't understanding this in my heart, revelation. You know? And, you know, till the day I die... Till the day I die, one of my biggest prayers is I want to hear the gospel again and again and again. And I want to be so touched by the gospel as if I heard it for the first time, every time. I never want to graduate from the gospel. And, you know, I'm in seminary right now. It would be such a tragedy and a waste if I went through seminary learning everything about the Bible without the spirit of revelation. Because if I'm not desperate for the spirit of revelation, I'm doing it on my own. I'm doing it on my own. I'm trying to understand on my own. These people, did you see how hungry they were? You know, they're pregnant and they're sick. 
they don't go to the like hospital or whatever. They come to listen to this gospel message. That desperation. That desperation. You know what the spirit of revelation is so attracted to? It's a heart that is so hungry. It's a heart that is so desperate. Let me tell you right now. Striving and begging is not what we're supposed to do. But being desperate. We're supposed to be desperate. That's different. Some people say don't strive, don't beg. Guess what I throw away with that? Desperation. Hunger and desperation. Did you see these people? How desperate are you and I? Examine your life. What do you do throughout the day? How desperate are we? It's not just hunger. It's not just like, oh, that, let me get some of that. Hey, let me get some of that. Let me get some of that revy, that heavy revy. Let me get some of that revelation. No. Desperation is God, please. I gotta, I gotta know you more. There's nothing that satisfies my soul. This, this emptiness in my heart, there is, I've tried everywhere. There is nothing that can fill this. God, you've got to. God, the gospel has become stale. Please restore the joy of my salvation. Restore the joy of my salvation, God. We can't just sit there. We've got to be like Jacob. We've got to wrestle with God. That's desperation. And um, the level of revelation, here's what it is. The level of revelation that you walk in, that we walk in, it corresponds to your level of hunger. The level of revelation that you walk in, the revelatory life, it's aligned with how hungry you are. How much do you want it? How much do you want it? Because God is a gentleman. He will not force his way in. You got to want him. You got to tell him, I can't do anything without you, God. I can't know you without you, God. You know, when we are walking in revelation, we never lose the wonder of who God is. You and I, we were made to be in awe of God. You and I, we were made to constantly wonder at God. Wow. Wow. But when we're walking in revelation, that's the lifestyle. You never lose the wonder. Never. Hunger plus revelation equals what? More hunger for more revelation. Because like I said, knowing God is endless. You know, I want, to, I want to go outside and look at God's creation, right? And, and, and just be so moved inside of God's creation. I, I, want to, I want to be able to look at His creation and just weep over how amazing God is. Because if that's something we already know. We know creation. We know the trees there. We know the ocean is there. But... When the spirit of revelation reveals God in that, that changes everything in life. Everything. Our frozen hearts need to be thawed with the fiery spirit of revelation. I'm going to close with two more things. Uh, Two more things. One is, you know, what would life really look like Right? When we're actually really hungry to know God more through the spirit of wisdom and revelation. What would life look like? Let me tell you one thing. One, your life of fellowship, it will change drastically. Your life of loving one another, it will completely change. Forgiveness will be easier. Authentic compassion and love, not just tolerating people. You know, prayer, your prayer life, Your prayer life will transform with the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Greater fire and passion in our hearts. Why? Because when we're praying in revelation, we're agreeing with God's heart. We're not just coming up with facts in our minds and telling them to God. 
Your prayer life changes. How many of us struggle in our prayer lives? We've got to force ourselves to pray. Another religious duty. That's what it was like for me for a long time. Until I encountered the Holy Spirit. How about the Word of God? How about the Word of God? When's the last time you, you were at school or you were at work and that you couldn't wait to go home to read the Word of God? When's the last time that happened? When you want to cancel all your plans because you want to go home and just read the Word of God, you want to devour. It's actually like honey on your lips. When's the last time? Seeing Jesus in all the pages. You know, the Word of God, check this out. The Word of God minus the Spirit of God equals just facts. Just facts, right? But the Word of God plus the Spirit of God together is supposed to go together. That's revelation. That's where you get revelation. You know, many people, when they read the Bible, you know, when we read the Bible, we're like, we're like, God, show me the deep things. Show me the deep things, you know? Show me the deep things. And there's nothing wrong with that. Show me the hidden messages behind this. Right? That's good. But how about, God, show me what's right there in front of me and just make my heart soft to it and rock me with it. Do we not believe that the Word of God, word of God is strong enough? You know? It'll change our life. I hope through my sharing, I hope I whet your appetite or something. I hope my prayer is that just even if it's a little bit in your heart, there is some kind of hunger. There's some kind of hunger. I need a change in my life, God. Something's got to change, God. Desperation's got to change, God. Can we pray? And I feel that in the room right now, I feel like the Holy Spirit is here, ready and willing. Because I feel that God, when He sees your heart, there's hunger there. There's hunger there. There's hunger there. There's hunger there.